I guess as a kid, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And now I'm a, an independent, self-proclaimed interior designer and owner of my own company. Hi, I'm Ben Hanani. Welcome to How Do You Do, a podcast featuring creative guests sharing the nuances of their process. Just a quick reminder to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts is the most helpful thing you can do for the podcast. My guest today is Matt Winter. Born and raised in Los Angeles, Matt is the namesake behind M. Winter Design, an LA-based interior design studio with an extensive portfolio of retail, hospitality, residential, and specialty projects for a wide array of clients, brands, and influencers. He uses his eclectic and unique eye to create authentic atmospheres and lifestyle destinations using vintage pieces that are praised by collectors, designers, and enthusiasts alike. Matt has worked with notable clients both domestically and internationally and currently resides in Beverly Hills. And I just got to add, if you've been dining at an L.A. patio restaurant and thought to yourself, this place looks amazing, Matt probably designed it. And without further ado, welcome to the pod, Matt. Thank you. I'm so pleased to be here. Man, it's, it's a real treat. It is a real treat. I mean, L.A. Uh, natives will know Justo. They'll know Bakari West Third. People who are in the food scene and the drink scene will know All Seasons Brewing, which just opened up at the old Firestone location on La Brea. So this is awesome. And I, I just want to start by asking you, like, what what are you possibly thinking about when you go into a new space? There are so many exciting possibilities. What are the major factors you're thinking about when you're designing a restaurant? You know, I, I kind of people always ask me that question. And it really to me that the the canvas for me at the beginning of any project is looking at the architecture. You know, like you stated, I'm, I'm a longtime resident of, of California and L.A. native for three generations. And I respect history more than anything. You know, I'm a, I'm a young gun and I feel like the most important thing for me to do is really look and learn from the past and, uh, and honor, you know, whatever little historical you know, architecture we have here. So I first, you know, not all of our projects are historical. Some are, are relatively new buildings and we try and give them a bit more of, you know, historical look. But I first thing I do when I look at any project is I look at the building. I look at the walls, I look at the floors and, and I start there. And then we start thinking about, you know, how we can lay the space out, you know, using these key elements. Sometimes on one of my projects, it'll be like a, a two foot by two foot wall, some tiny little element of the building that I absolutely love. And then I drive the force off of that little moment, you know, and, and, and create an entire sort of mood out of one little moment. And a lot of that usually ends up being, you know, an old piece of architecture, an old something that was left over and that and then all of a sudden that's the driving force behind the entire project which is kind of interesting i'm guessing from what you're telling me that you take a billion pictures once you get to a site just so you have you have all the photos you have a sense of the place and then i'm curious do you then to build off this moment that you experience, do you then just go crazy on pinterest like if i were to shadow you what am i seeing in your studio or what am I seeing you actually do to manifest this moment in a kind of physical design way? Yeah. So materializing that moment is interesting. A lot of the times, you know, 
the thing about Pinterest is it's really good. It, it My team uses it to portray ideas and to portray things all the time. However, for me personally, as the lead designer of the company, I usually look back in the tr- in the travels that I've done. So we we travel every year. Well, not last year very much, but we actually did yeah. go to a place in Mexico last year in the midst of the pandemic just because I needed to leave the country. But uh, we try and leave the country every year, uh, at least for two to three weeks. And I just go and take pictures of, I mean, everything from walls to floors to craziest things I take photos of like I, I, I can draw inspiration from the simplest things so I'll go back in my kind of in my photo albums and look through pictures and other photos of, of European settings and, and I can learn from kind of the organic development of a culture and uh, you know when you see an old city like you know take like um, Jerusalem for example you know where like you know, you've got modern meeting this, the most, one of the most ancient places, you know, on the planet. Right. And, and they meld it so well together. And it just like, it's so beautiful, like these moments. So for me, I try and look back in my travels in my past, because I remember rather than just looking at a picture on, on Instagram or Pinterest, where I may have seen an insp- inspiring photo, but I, I didn't live it. I want to look at the photo and go, oh yeah, shit. I remember I had a coffee there. I sat there, you know, I, I studied it, I looked at it and chased my kid around that, you know, that <laughs> brick patio or whatever. Right. And then, and then I, and then it resonates a lot more pure for me, you know, rather than just sort of looking at other people's great Instagram pages or whatever. I, I try and really stay in my kind of stay in my zone, you know, of things that I've actually lived. And then I can, can bleed that out onto the project. And then from there, we create, you know, a mood board using my photos and then mixing in other photos. It's funny you brought up Jaffa as, as an inspiration earlier when we were talking, but I'll give you an example. We were in uh, Portugal and my, it was like right before my second daughter was, was about to be born. And we were in this ruins of like a, this ancient city in Portugal, this ancient area outside of of uh, the main city. And I told my daughter, we found this old tile, like probably a 200 year old tile. And I said, grab as many elements and place it on the tile. So we took this old terracotta tile, which was a clay tile that had like, you know, beautiful muds and, you know, it was incredible that we found this tile. And she placed all these little sage brushes and another little rock and all this stuff and I took a picture of it and I created the, the entire color palette for Jaffa was created off of this little thing that we put together out of thick stuff we found, you know, in an ancient little ruins in, in Portugal. So, and I actually have a Whoa. photo of her putting it together and I presented that to the client, which is actually pretty funny. So, <laughs> so I said, I, I presented it first. I said, how do you like this? And, um, they said, it's beautiful. It's amazing. I said, well, this is the color tones. And obviously I edited a little <laughs> bit and I said, well, my, my four-year-old did it. She was only four at the time. So I said, well, my four-year-old and I put this together and, and we built the entire restaurant off of that color palette. True story. <laughs> I love that you look to travel for inspiration. And from what you're saying, you just go on these trips as kind of refueling, right? It's not like it wasn't a work trip necessarily. I mean, everything I do turns into work because I live and breathe what I do. So yeah. 
most of the time when I bring, like my clients don't come to a fancy showroom on, on Melrose. My studios are at my house. They're on my property. I have two separate studios that are built on the, on the winter compound. <laughs> and, um, and I invite people to come here because I think it's so important that with, with what I do, it's not, it doesn't end at five o'clock. It, it bleeds through my entire life, whether it's yeah. design of automobiles and motorcycles, which, you know, I have a collection of and, or materials and, and the setting is so authentic because I live it and I'm not pretending in any way. This is just what I love to do, what I want to do all the time. So when I go travel, you know, we, it is a refueling. Absolutely. Where, where we're, we you know, kind of like jumpstart my creative energy, which I'm really like desperately needing now <laughs> more than ever. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it is a refueling, but you know, I, I end up making friends along the way or, you know, I'll, I'll, we'll be driving. I always tell people the best way to see a country is to drive it. So yeah, we always pack a car, no matter where we go, we drive at least we'll do like four or five little towns and try and drive and get lost and run into trouble. And within those moments, I'll find like, oh, I'll run into like a salvage yard or like a, an antique shop. And I make, you know, I make connections and I end up de- doing business with these people you know, I've got all of my tiles um, come from Marseille, which is a connection we made over there. We have um, all kinds of stuff coming from Portugal, which is a connection we made over there. You know, there's just like, uh, you know, uh, we have uh, Tuscan uh, pieces coming from Tuscany and we spent a month in Italy making connections there. And so it ends up being work, but it's like a beautiful, you know, uh, kind of blend of it. And I try not to be, trying to work too much and get my wife a break but you know just sort of dude it sounds like i want to be you when i grow up and we haven't even talked about your vintage car collection yet we will get to that i'm sure i mean i i really resonate though with your point about not turning your brain off because you are so passionate about design and i i came up in tv writing and so when i watch a tv show it's not like if i watch a show after 6 p.m i suddenly forget everything i've ever learned about tv it's like oh okay that's a cool setup i want to see how that pays off or oh they totally just planted that out of nowhere that's a deuce we call that a deuce ex machina in the biz i'll joke yeah. with my girlfriend that they just like planted something out of nowhere to save the story but no that's that's so fascinating that like you're saying you are always thinking about these things so even if you're not going on a work trip necessarily you find things that inspire you in your work, which I think is awesome. I mean, once you once you come back and, and present, you know, your your four year old inspiration to the owners of Jaffa and they're on board, are there any kinds of limitations that they in the owner position come back to you with? I imagine, you know, space and budget are probably considerations you have, but is there anything else that kind of comes into play? Yeah, I, I always Budget and space, you know, space planning and budgets are things that are just sort of like, a, you know, it, that's the necessary evil to any business and any anything yeah. you're doing. You know, rarely do you get the client that goes, we don't care when you finish and we don't care how much <laughs> you spend. I've right. never, I've well, no, I've never ran into that client. Not yet. Uh, that's, 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 <laughs> the, uh, that's, what is it? That's my white whale, right? So that's, that's, the, yeah. that's my unicorn. So I think that, but it doesn't even work like that because then, you know, the beautiful thing about, about having limitations is that it forces you to sort of creatively govern yourself in a way that 
some beautiful design comes out of that. You know, there, there's not, uh, you know, if you had no limitations on budget and no time to finish, then, you know, A, you, you probably will never make a decision to save your life. And, uh, you know, B, you know, that there's sort of like, you know, a lot of what we do is the design comes out of these reservations and comes out of these, these situations where we have to be creative and we have to change the way we're looking at things because we don't have, you know, $5 million to build every restaurant and bar, you know? So it's, it's, I think without those sort of guidelines, if you will, I don't know, things, things may be different. So yeah, so budget and timelines are, timelines are always tricky because everybody wants to be open right away. They want it, you know, perfect, but they want it right away. And then you can't, you know, and you can't, (laughs) and they want it expensive, but they don't want to spend all the money. You know, it's like, you know, you're always, I'm always like riding this crazy, insane stress ball roller coaster. But luckily at this state in, in my career, you know, we've built so many locations that I, I know there's certain things that you can battle and there's certain things you just go, you know what? this is the way it needs to be for operations. Like the, the owner, the owner has to operate this place. It can't be so artistic that it's, that it's impractical to operate and run a business. So there's things that I've grown, you know, I grew up, you know, I I, I call it growing up because it's like, Oh no. Yeah. You have to have a specific amount of seating. You have to have a specific quality to your furniture pieces. You have to have these X, Y, and Z things to protect your client and to and to really like have a successful you know a successful uh, a track record for me yeah. i don't want to build incredible places that close because they are because the, because the <laughs> places can't operate right. so my goal right. is to build incredible places give you an incredible experience but also uh, have a um, something that's going to be there for years and and you know have longevity and, and timeless design around what we're doing I think if I hadn't done my homework, I wouldn't have realized that part of what you do also is not just present designs, but you're actually collaborating with upholsterers and different people throughout the entire process. How do you kind of project manage all these different entities? And how do you figure like, how do you work with the upholsterer on, you know, the right piece for that restaurant? How do, how do you collaborate with the different members of your team? So, well, you just struck a chord on like one of the one of the highest anxiety points in my life. But <laughs> managing projects, you know, so I do everything. I I manage, I do kind of A to Z. I do I produce the furniture for them. I produce tile. I produce my own lighting. Like we make everything. So, and the only reason we do that is ultimately be, because our locations are one of a kind. So we're really, I'm really not in the business of making cookie cutter places that all look the same, you know, at, you know, fast casual spaces that it's just very uninspiring. So I have to kind of bite the bullet and, and really know every project myself. And then I've also worked with a lot of these fabricators for years. So we kind of, you know, we all work together and, and, and we just figure it out. We, we draw each project, you know, out and we, we sort of, uh, there's definitely a, what's the word I'm looking for? There's like a beautiful dance between 
me and the fabricators and getting shit done on time and like and it's it's a beautiful chaotic dance that would probably drive most in you know like a type organized people insane but because i'm an artist and i'm all over the place anyways i can kind of manage it in my head yeah. i would say one of the most challenging things is actually just is delegating to my to actually my employees what's going on up in my brain <laughs> it's like that's always the hardest it's like okay i know what needs to happen but it's also for five projects and i need help so i have to like yeah. force myself to be a delegator which i'm you know i'm an artist so i i, I just want to like tackle it and do it myself and and that doesn't work when you're doing five six projects especially when some of them are like out of town or like you know, yep. out of the country. <laughs> so, so that's, uh, it's an ongoing learning experience for me. How about that? Work in progress. I love it. And finally, my last question before we get into rapid fire, I always like to ask experts in their field, especially when it's in restaurants or hospitality or adjacent to that. When you are going into a restaurant, especially you, cause you've actually built or designed every single piece in some of your restaurants, right? How do you, what are you paying attention to that, you know, my friends and I might not be realizing when we go into a restaurant? I'm really picky with uh, where we, you know, it, where we eat. And um, it, what I'm looking at is what I'm looking at when I go into a restaurant where I'm, you know, where obviously a restaurant that I'm like, not like if I just go grab a burger at In-N-Out, but like, you know, if I'm going to a restaurant right. where, they're, where, they're, where yeah. they're presenting like this is an artisan chef and it was designed by whoever and whatever. I'm looking at the level of details. I'm looking at how my experience is affected by, by my surroundings. And I'm, I'm very particular on what I'm looking at. Um, you know, I hate seeing things that, well, first of all, I don't like when, when you can see kind of where they drop the ball and they drew a line in the sand and said, okay, we're going to, we decided that we're not going to, go this far with the project we're just going to kind of trick people into focusing in this dining room area you know the rest of this can just be garbage because nobody looks at it i like i like a, a nice honest design project where things aren't over the top bougie you know where where things have an honest feel and and sort of a or organic an organic you know design and 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 feel real you know obviously you know when the buildings are old you you kind of you get like the good bones and if people respect the bones of the architecture they're working in and you know lighting is key too lighting is so important so you know the way people use lighting I, i'm a real i'm a real anti-led lighting guy so i hate leds <laughs> and unfortunately living in california where like absolutely everything has to be led or some type of like low wattage you know energy yeah. consumption that's one of the things i struggle with the most is is bad lighting and um yeah it, it, it's and you know and obviously for restaurants service is key you know you got to have good service yeah. i think that there's two important things when you're eating out it's your experience with your surroundings the ambiance i think is is number one over over anything which is why i take my business so seriously and take every space i do so seriously is that you people people come in if they have an absolutely unbelievable like breathtaking experience where they're sitting how they're you know every single area they look is something beautiful or you know feels great or organic or or even like familiar 
you've got them right and then you kill them with the best service and you know great customer service the food doesn't even really need to be that great <laughs> it's like yeah the food yep. the food and the drinks can be like good if they're good you're going back <laughs> like you're going to go back you love the surroundings you love where you sat you love the your waiter was awesome and and the food was good like great that's a slam dunk if you can get all three then you're fucked you've hit the trifecta and then you'll be you know then you'd be in business forever you know and and open many locations yeah but you know a lot of times people are like you know they don't think the experience of the the decor is that important you know that's a mistake and then you know the servers kind of get treated shitty at work so then they kind of pass that on to the customer and then the food is like good you're like yeah whatever you know i'll go somewhere else you know so you gotta at least hit the first two out of the park and then at least you got my return business for sure (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like you should open your own restaurant is that an idea you've ever had no i don't want to operate (laughs) a restaurant i i love designing actually the reason i got into designing uh restaurants over over residential i mean we do residential as well but the reason that I, I love designing restaurants, and this is you know not a question, but just sort of a statement, is that if I design somebody's beautiful home and I spend six, seven months doing it, and we pour our heart and our blood and our soul into it, you're never going to see it, you know? So like, you're right. going to see it on our website if the homeowner allows us to photograph it, which oftentimes they, yeah. they don't want. And then, uh, you know, and so with, with the restaurants, you know, I get to build something that you know, hundreds of thousands of people get to walk through and eat and experience. And that to me is so much more rewarding that I get to share these spaces with the general, with the general public. And, and that's just like, you know, some of these, some of my restaurants have been around for years and I, and they're going to continue hanging on for decades, hopefully. And, and with um, all seasons brewery, you know, we, it's a historical landmark, so it'll be there forever, you know, which is, such an awesome, awesome thing for me and, and, you know, my kids and it's good for people to be able to enjoy your work. Definitely. On a personal note, I was telling you before we started, I just took my little brother to all seasons for his 21st birthday and it was such a good time. So this point you're making is so resonant. I'm spending these great memories, these great personal events in my life at all seasons or other spots. And, uh, I have you to thank for, for many of them because you've designed them. So on that, on that happy note, we'll wind down with a few little rapid-fire questions. Sure. Firstly, what's an app on your phone? And let's say not an app it came with, so not like camera or messages, but what's an app that you downloaded on your phone that you feel like you couldn't live without? That I couldn't live without? Uh, if the answer is no, you're very enlightened, and that's okay too. No, I, I, have, I haven't downloaded any apps on my phone that... that um, that I, I actually, actually, uh, I'm going to throw that question to reverse. Actually, there's a lot of apps on my phone that I wish I didn't have. How about that? <laughs> That's great. Yeah, how's that? I, um, I have, no, my camera is that I, I would say, unfortunately, my camera is the most important because I can shoot things and, you know, catch moments that, you know, obviously back in the day we weren't able to get so quickly, but, but no, I, I think that reversing the question, I think that that these apps have done some damage to the way that we operate. And I'm a pure believer that we're better people connecting face-to-face and, and talking things through and really there's done wonders. And obviously email is great to have the communication level is, is obviously, is obviously very important for my business and how I operate. But 
you know, like Instagram on a whole is such a distraction. And um, I've actually often deleted it for months at a time, just because, you know, it's, it's taking me away from what I need to do, which is what I being right here mm. right now, focusing on the tasks that we have every day. And most importantly, my first job and my most important job is being a father and, um, and, and connecting with my children and with my wife you know, these things have distracted us and it's, it sucks. And we struggle with it every day. So uh, yeah. I wish, I wish I didn't have those things, but yeah, couldn't live without my camera, I guess. So sorry. <laughs> that's all I got. All good. No, that's great. That's great. If you could wake up tomorrow, having gained one skill or ability, what would it be? Like you wake up tomorrow and have one skill or ability. What would it be? I wish I could speak a different language. Mm. I wish I could, that's I a wish popular I could one, speak yeah. Spanish better where's a place you haven't been to yet that you hope to visit uh greece which i think we're going in a few weeks oh nice yeah. very nice yeah we haven't been to greece yet so we're we're heading to uh corfu and corfu island and i think we're gonna go to uh hydro so and lastly we always ask our guests to share a song they're jamming to right now because we have a spotify playlist where we throw in each guest recommendation so, if you'd like to make a contribution to our playlist, what would it be? God, I listen to so much music. It's, it's like, I, I don't even know where to begin. I'm a big Leonard Cohen fan. So, I think I would say any Leonard Cohen fan, but Suzanne is probably, as uh, always, playing at some point in the car. <laughs> so. Awesome. Great. We'll add that to the playlist. And where can people check out your work, keep up with you? Any Anything you want to plug, go ahead and plug. Um, yeah, I mean... You can follow us on uh, M Winter Design you know, on Instagram. I, I present sort of a fun, you know, uh, mixture of vintage automobiles and uh, my work and family stuff. Or you could go to the website, which is mwinterdesign.com. Um, we are uploading as much as we possibly can, trying to keep up with uh, the work we're finishing. And uh, yeah, contact us anytime and feel free to uh, comment or reach out. We're always around. Yeah, I'm going to periodically text and email you once I go to another patio restaurant that you designed inevitably. I'm going to ask you, how did you do that? But hopefully I won't bug you too much. <laughs> no, you can call me anytime. Thank if you. If I'm not driving. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. If anyone's curious about the podcast, you can check us out on Instagram at HDYDpod. Matt, thank you so much, man. I mean, you have done so many of my favorite spots. I'll just throw out a few just for people who are listening. All Seasons Brewing on La Brea. Johnny's Pastrami, which I think is the most underrated patio in LA right now because you have that great bar as well. Manuela, Justa, Fia, Bakari West Third, which has become everybody's go-to think patio dining situation in LA. So many more, but those are just a few of the many. Thank you, man. This was a real treat. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I hope you found value in today's conversation. If you still haven't left your review for How Do You Do Podcast, I'm going to walk you through the process right now, and it only takes 10 seconds. First, look at your phone screen and click where it says, How Do You Do Podcast, which is in purple. And if you're not seeing this, then you're probably listening to this on a different app. So I want you to click on where it says, Listen on Apple Podcasts, and then you'll see the purple link. Click that. Then you'll just scroll past all the previous episodes to where it says ratings and reviews, and all you need to do is tap the star on the far right, and you've left a five-star rating. I thank you in advance for taking the 10 seconds to do that, and I really, truly appreciate you listening to this episode. Thanks for sharing it with your friends and followers, and I'll see you back here next week. (laughs) 